The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We're talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football. We hope this never ends. Jimmy James and Tom are back for more. Like Joey B. We're here for season four with Bengal guests and stories not heard before. There's Tony, Mark, and Jamie, as well as our charity, Hootie Nation, joining from far and wide. Every Tuesday night, the guys are back at it live. By the fans, for the fans from day one, it's time to have some fun. We're talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football. We hope this never ends. The Bengal boys stop by to drop the speed. Don't get your popcorn ready and take a seat. Season four will and with the Lombardy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition, the final edition of the season, I guess. We'll still be here, move forward. we got some other stuff Tom and I and a group will talk about as far as some other scheduled stuff. But this is our kind of final post-season-ending episode. Uh, we got James Rapine uh, coming on here in a little bit. We'll introduce him in a minute. Uh, major, major announcement coming up at 830 uh, with the charity uh, update that we want to share with you. Uh, we've got some Willie Anderson conversation. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about here in a little bit. But uh, – I think we already have uh, James Rapine in the room. It looks like he's getting ready here. Uh, dude's been working out. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. Means, but let's, he's in the gym every day, I think. But, Tom, go ahead and introduce our, our guests. Let's get it off here. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. As you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, get the questions in there. James has the answers to everything. He's going to drop major scoop tonight on the show. He's in the waiting room right now, shaking his head. But uh, a lot of stuff to talk to, to James about tonight. So, Tom, go ahead and introduce James. He's a great uh, friend to all Bengals fans and particularly to this show. So he's covered the Bengals on radio, on the internet. He has his own site. He runs everything for SI and he gets the scoops and knows the team. He's one of the most uh, objective writers. We're blessed and we've got a very deep pool right now in Cincinnati. So without further ado, here is James Rapine. What's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, James? How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate the introduction as well. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Tom. Kick it off here. We've got a lot of, lot of stuff we want to dig into here and uh, with James. 
James, for every NFL team, every offseason is critical. I don't think uh, it's – I've been surprised at how almost unanimous it's been with everybody identifying what we need. It's a question of how to get it. Uh, my first question to you is, uh, we all agree, nothing really matters for this franchise. All respect to Jake Browning. Nothing matters if, if Joe Burrow is hurt, if Joe Burrow is gone, if Joe Burrow's effectiveness is limited. What changes do you see in keeping number nine safe up on the offensive line? Well, I think the first things first, I think this offensive line did much better than people, at least post-Joe Burrow injury, realize. And, and they are capable of playing at a pretty high level. And, and I... Honestly, and I, I've said this on all of my platforms, I think. I mean, if Burrow stays healthy, the Bengals are either back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back AFC North champs or right there, and we're talking about them being one of the contenders in the AFC. And I think a big part of that has to do with the way the offensive line would have been able to, to protect Burrow in, in most instances, how the Bengals play, which is that drop-back passing game. Now, 4-3 and three with Jake Browning in the playoff hunt through Week 17 with Jake Browning – even though Burrow's sidelined, I think there are some things that they can take from that. And to uh, the Bengals coaching staff's defense almost, I think they did plan on being more under center early in the year going into training camp. And then Burrow got hurt, and his calf clearly wasn't right early on, so they were just trying to, to piece it together. So I do think we'll see some tweaks compared to what we saw from this offense with Joe Burrow in it. Maybe a little more under center, certainly some play action stuff, things like that. At the same time, when they're playing the, the Chiefs next year at Paycor Stadium in the AFC Championship game or whoever you want to pencil in in this uh, scenario, it, they're going to pass it on third and eight with the game on the line. That's what the Bengals do, and uh, I would expect them to be in shotgun. So uh, they are who they are, but I do think that they'll make some tweaks, no doubt. We'll get into the personnel on the offensive line a little later, but uh, flipping to the other side of the ball, yeah. the defense regressed this year. Uh, I don't think it's it's anyone uh, blasting Lou Anaruma that all of a sudden he didn't know how to coach or how to scheme. But uh, it's looked like from what happened in the back end with the safeties, trickled down to almost all parts of the defense. The linebackers weren't as aggressive up on the line of scrimmage and, and in the in the running game. And, and certainly we didn't get the production from the defensive line that we had hoped for or wanted for. With so much focus being already put on the offense, right tackle, potentially wide receiver, although I don't think a starting wide receiver, tight end, what personnel changes are you looking for on the defense? What needs to be done to get this from one of the worst five or six defenses in the league to a playoff defense again? The – the obvious need, and, and I know a lot of people, especially over the past like 10 days, it has been let's go after the safeties and let's go after Dax Hill and let's really make it known that we're mad at Dax. And that's fine. I, I think Dax certainly ended the season uh, weak compared to the way he started it, which was really strong. Two interceptions in the first four games. But you look at his numbers and it's like, oh, 11 pass breakups. I, I remember multiple dropped interceptions where he makes the play on the ball. And he just can't hang on. And, and if, so if we look up and Dax Hill has five interceptions this year and 11 pass breakups and doesn't let George Pickens make him look silly by taking a bad angle, I do wonder 
if if the narrative is a little different. So I I think the Bengals front office, first things first, they're not going to panic about Dax Hill. They had him ranked really high in the draft. He played his first year at deep safety. I think he will be there again next year and start there. Obviously, Jordan Battle flashed as a rookie, a third-round rookie. Those are your two starters at safety. I would be shocked if that's not the case. So where are they eyeing? I think it's pretty obvious, defensive tackle. I think you're going to have to sink a lot of resources in there, uh, potentially multiple draft picks. Josh Chupo is a free agent. Obviously, DJ Reader is a free agent. And Zach Carter hasn't given you what you were hoping for at that spot. So maybe you do keep DJ Reader. Who knows? I think the, the door is at least cracked for a potential return, depending on what his market is when free agency opens in mid-March. But this team is going to have to spend money at defensive tackle and they're already spending money on the defensive line uh, with multiple guys, B.J. Hill, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, and they're going to have to do it again at DT, and they're probably going to have to draft a, a guy or two. So that's that's where I look. If you can get that defensive tackle room back to where you had it a few years ago, where you have the Larry Ogunjobi as a, a pass rusher on the interior, a guy like D.J. Reader, who's your run-stopping nose, B.J. Hill as well, who's kind of a master of both and, and can do a little bit of both for you you feel much better about this defense, especially because I do think this young secondary as a whole will develop moving forward. James. James, appreciate you joining us. If we can switch to the coaching side, we know coach Lou was a hot commodity last year. Um, one of the finalists for the Arizona job. Doesn't seem like he has the same smoke um, this year. There was a list of four defensive coordinators mentioned for the Tennessee job that just opened up today. Coach Lou wasn't uh, one of them. We've seen Brian Callahan's name mentioned the most uh, with Carolina and the Chargers today. If you had to look, is it safe to say Coach Lou is going to be back because of the lack of openings? And if we were to lose um, somebody on the coaching side, would Brian Callahan be the guy? It is such a deep coaching pool this year. And Vrabel certainly throws a wrench into it as well. So you have Mike McDonald who was probably the top defensive coordinator, defensive mind that was going to get looks. Well, now he's not. Now it's Mike Rabel. Rabel's ahead of him. Oh, and by the way, Bill Belichick, who's the greatest coach of all time, could be available via trade, uh, according to rumors, and Atlanta's looking at him. So if you want a defensive mind, there's probably at least three guys just there, big names, huge names, that, that are, are in the mix uh, for head coaching jobs. And obviously we know just being a defensive coordinator, the odds are stacked against you a bit. Heck, I was surprised Arizona went with a defensive mind last year. I was surprised that Lou was a finalist over, example, Brian Callahan, because they had a young quarterback and because it is an offensive league to a great extent. So I do think that if I had to wager, I would say Lou would be back. But it only takes one team. And who knows? Who knows what job opens up? Heck, Chicago could open up tonight. I would not be shocked, shocked at all if the Bears move on from their coach. Not that they would look for a defensive mind, but you just don't know. So I think there's still enough uncertainty that I'm not – I don't want to declare Lou back, but I do think that there is a, a pretty good chance that he is back. And I, I do wonder about Brian because I, I think Brian, he fits a, a lot of what Carolina is probably looking for, which is a young offensive mind that can work with a, a young quarterback, get the most out of him. And for the Chargers, everyone's tying him to to Jim Harbaugh and, and, and those two. Are the Chargers going to pay Jim Harbaugh $20 Because that's the price tag if I'm Jim Harbaugh. I just won a national championship. It's going to cost you $20 million. And whether that's Chicago or Los Angeles with the Chargers or whoever else is interested, Washington, 
they have to be willing to to meet that price or I'll just go back to Michigan. So that might be appealing for the Chargers to get someone like Callahan, who's been an NFL lifer, who knows it, who's worked with a great quarterback in Joe Burrow and came this close to winning a Super Bowl. That might be the right guy for for Justin Herbert. And honestly, that's probably from a Bengals standpoint, a, a worst case scenario, worst case scenario, because I think he would get a lot out of Justin Herbert. I think he would uh, make that Chargers franchise go a bit and, and take them to a level that we haven't seen during this Justin Herbert era. Tony? Appreciate it, James. Tony? What up, Tony? Hey, uh, James, thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, so we all know with our division, the AFC North, it, it seems to be one of the most challenging and most difficult divisions in the league. You know, yeah. we're nine and eight, and – you know, if you look around the other league, nine and eight's getting them in the playoffs. And obviously with us, it is not. What do you think the Bengals need to do or look at in order to compete within our own division? Yeah, this is – and this has been a topic for weeks now. I, I think after that first Pittsburgh game, certainly after the second one, when there was hope and the Bengals were riding high and the Steelers were not, and, and you go there and it, it ends up going the way it, it did – I think a couple of things. One, it, it, you would build the Bengals differently if it was Jake Browning at quarterback versus Joe Burrow. You just would. And when you don't have Burrow, they they look dramatically different than they would versus a team like Pittsburgh when they don't have Kenny Pickett or a team like the Browns when they don't have Deshaun Watson because the Bengals put more on Burrow's plate. They build around him a certain way to maximize him, maximize everything. And so I, I, I think it's, it's easy to say, all right, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but there's been plenty of people, ah, the Bengals aren't built to win the AFC North. I just watched them win back-to-back division titles. I think they would have swept Pittsburgh had Burrow stayed healthy. They had a lead on, on the Ravens b- before Burrow got hurt. And I'm not saying that it's perfect because there are things that, they, that I'll get to in a second where they can get better. But I, I don't think we should suddenly declare that all – the best division since 1935, by the way, where every team finishes above 500. This Bengals team just can't win in the division. I think they can. I think the the team that's given them the most fits is, is Cleveland, and it would be nice if Mike McDonald would get a head coaching job somewhere because he's certainly given the Bengals some fits t- since taking over for Wink Martindale in Baltimore at D.C. So it, first thing, I think they need to get some big plays out of the running game and explosiveness there. Because right now, the Bengals are so dependent on Burrow to create big plays. And when you go up against the Browns, well, the Browns, they have a pass rush. And you know what else they have? They have guys that can cover. So what can you do to combat that? You run at the pass rush. And you have home run threats that put pressure on the back end that make them think twice about doubling T or doubling Jamar, doubling whoever. And and I think that's an element that this Bengals team, during this entire run, hasn't had an explosive running game. We've seen signs of it, and we saw signs of it with Chase Brown towards the end of the season, but that is something I think they certainly need. And it would just take pressure off of Chase, take pressure off of Higgins, take pressure off of Burrow, and it would make opposing defenses think a a little bit more about that. And then they obviously have to be able to stop the run. The Steelers want to run the ball because the quarterback stinks. The the Browns, they want to run the ball because they've had 52 starting quarterbacks this year. Like, that's... That's how it is. And even when Watson comes back next year, he's not a top eight quarterback. 
they're going to want to run the ball again. It, it, and so stop the run and then be able to, to win without Burrow carrying you. And I said that after week one, and people thought it was crazy. Like, oh, well, th- they have to find a way to do that. And I think that's explosive running game and having an explosive running game like we've seen with the Dolphins at times this year. Teams like that where you can win a different way if your quarterback isn't playing at a really, really high level for whatever reason. Yeah. James, we'll do one or two more. We'll get to a lot of viewer questions here. Um, sure. uh, I, I guess the most it was, what's been really interesting this year, uh, the most scrutinized position group, in my opinion, as you kind of t- look at it, is that tight end position. Uh, you know, I had Sample, Irv Smith, Wilcox, Hudson. Uh, I mean, not all game changers there, man. Do you, where, do you, where do you see um, the direction they go there? Are they happy with these guys? Uh, do they go in another direction? But this tight end position group seems like it could be better. I think in their perfect world, they would get the next – they would find the next Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid. They really loved Kincaid. Find that guy. And, and does it have to be in round one? I don't know. Heck, they, they like Trey McBride, and he looks really darn good too, and he fell to round two, just not far enough to them. They're drafting a little earlier this year. And so can you find that guy? Because I do think if you bring back Drew Sample, you bring back Tanner Hudson, and then you get a, a young piece in that room, you could feel good about the Bengals' tight end room next season and, and feel like it's moving in the right direction, that it has the high-end talent that can make plays, but also the stability of veterans that know where to go and know what to do. And so I, I think that's part of it. And the other part of it would be if you have a rookie in there, it's it's probably an inexpensive room, which is part of the the balance. So it's certainly one of their major weaknesses, and it, it's something they have to address. And I, I do wonder, do they go the free agency route? Uh, I, I think this is the year they finally draft a tight end because it's been a while. They were certainly open to it last year. It didn't work the way they had hoped. They, they liked Laporta a lot too, by the way. They just felt like 28 was a little rich. And it turns out it wasn't, and it would have been a steal. But uh, you can't go back and change it. Right. Uh, Jamie? Yeah, let's go through a couple of viewer questions here. Let's yeah. see. And I'm just seeing, I think Tom had another one. Because you're looking for the viewer questions. Tom, go ahead, buddy. I've got – okay, go ahead. No, uh, James, and real quick, uh, again, both sides of the line. With, if Lou does come back like you're thinking, do you think some of those weaknesses we saw toward the end of the season, like DJ Turner looked fantastic for a rookie a good part of the year. Did have a little bit of a rough December. Had some rough plays. Uh, Chitty came back and, and was starting at the end. But you see, you know, his development and those safeties. I mean, Lou is a fantastic communicator and teacher of the defensive back position. Do you think a, a year, year two of all these guys playing together and that becomes a strength for this team? It certainly could. I think, I think looking at – this defensive backfield, we, we saw how Cam Taylor Britt developed. And, and with DJ Turner, for much of his rookie year, he was ahead of where Cam was because Cam was hurt at the start of his rookie year, didn't look as good in camp as DJ did. And then I, I think he hit a little bit of a rookie wall. He, he's a lighter player. I, I think he'll, he'll probably hit the, the weight room, get some protein in him this offseason, get stronger, but keep that explosiveness. <laughs> and in that speed, and uh, and I, I believe in DJ Turner. I think he's going to be really, uh, really good in this league. I pencil him in as the starter opposite Cam Taylor Britt, and, and obviously Mike Hilton will be in the nickel 
And, and this secondary can grow together. And I, I do think one thing is important. Cam Taylor Britt's the, the vocal leader of the young guys in that secondary. But you, you look at the other ones. They've all been a part of winning teams. DJ Turner and Dax Hill, obviously, part of a huge, really great defenses for Michigan that, that went to the college football playoff. Jordan Battle, Alabama. I, I think it'll come around. I think they'll play uh, at a high level. And I, I do think that if they don't do that by next year, then we will be looking at, uh, all right, a year from now, they, they need to to make some changes in the secondary. And not that they won't add a corner or add another safety, but I, I do think that the, the starters are kind of set right now, and it's about those guys developing. And I do expect them to develop under Lou Anarumo. People forget about Jesse Bates and where he was at in 2018 and 2019. Part of it was because the Bengals had a losing record and they weren't paying attention as, as closely as they are now. And they got used to Jesse Bates being as great as he was. So I'm not saying Dax will be Jesse or Jordan will be Jesse, but I do think that they'll be much better on the back end next season. Cool. All right, James, we've got uh, some viewer questions. First one I'll throw up, Craig, Beer Fest Craig here. Uh, post-game Tyler Boyd press conference or presser. Sure made it sound like he expects to be leaving there, talking in the field to uh, pregame. Is the general belief that that uh, he's gone? Yeah, yep. And it's it sucks. He he was one of the first Bengals players that I I built a a real rapport with in the locker room. In, in the past eight years, they've flown by, and uh, being there every day uh, when when Tyler was drafted, and so. You've seen him grow. He's he's made a, a heck of a, a lot of big plays, but I, I do think that he'll just he'll get a bigger offer elsewhere. And uh, who who knows? Never say never. I thought Pratt would be out the door last year too, and he wasn't. So never right, say never. Right. But I, I think it's a I think it's a long shot right now for Tyler. Here's something we talk about a lot on this show and in our group chats back and forth. Can you explain uh, why the Bengals have such a hard time drafting and developing trench players? That seems to be what everyone keeps saying is we need to win in the trenches. How do we do that? You got to invest premium picks in the trenches. The Bengals, I was three the last time they drafted a defensive tackle in the first round. Uh, they, they they did with Miles Murphy, and I thought he was coming along uh, as the season went along. And they're going to be banking on Miles. Speaking of a rookie that they're banking on, they need Miles to take a big leap uh, this offseason and, and really generate some pass rush opposite Trey Hendrickson next year and, and we'll see if he can do that but offensive line wise cordell volson's a, a fourth rounder they whiffed on jackson carmen we knew it at the time he had multiple opportunities it didn't feel like a good pick at the time i'll say that you never want to say it's a whiff didn't feel like a good pick at the time and it clearly wasn't and it hasn't worked jonah i liked at the time i think he's been solid now will he be back i think that's a long shot you're paying three veteran linemen right now. And so I, I think it's going to be hard to keep him partially because I think he's going to get paid big, big money on the open market because it's hard to get free agent tackle. So yeah, I think, uh, I, I think they need to invest premium picks and don't overthink it. Creed Humphrey was sitting there for the, the Bengals when they drafted Jackson Carmen. Creed Humphrey, Humphrey was clearly a better prospect and it did not take a scout that went to both colleges to evaluate those guys uh, they traded down from 38 to 46. Defensive tackle Christian Barmore was there, who's clearly the best defensive tackle available and would have been a perfect option alongside DJ Reader. And he would have had a year to develop uh, behind Larry Ogunjobi and BJ Hill as well. So 
the the options have been there. They just they've chosen the wrong path in some instances, and they end up with Tyler Shelvin in that draft. Well, obviously that didn't work. I do think Cordell's developed, and I, I think he'll start at left guard again next year, and uh, will continue to to play at a, a you know a solid level. I thought he's ended the season much better than he started it, and, and saw improvement as the year went along. But they they, they have to invest in in premium premium assets to to get a better trench play. There's no doubt. Switching over to special teams, Jennifer's asking, as Brad Robbins is a rookie, do you think the Bengals look for another punter or stay with Brad? I would be shocked if they don't bring in some kind of competition. It might be Bengal Jim. Jim, how's your leg? You know, I, I, you know what, uh, I'm ready to go. I was shooting for that right tackle spot, James. Damn. No, come on. It's not 1989, Jim. we got to move you to punter now. But uh, James, here's, here's the problem with that. Jimmy cannot hold. He cannot hold oh. the PATs and field goals at all. Well, then you're out. Hands. Darren Simmons will let you know. And that's where Brad I, – I do think that's where Brad has an edge over whoever they bring in. He was a great holder. Evan McPherson was awesome this year. He, perfect from extra points, perfect inside 50 yards, 7 of 12 from 50, and had some really tough kicks that that, that he did make. And, and we obviously know how clutch he is with the game on the line. So can he fix the punting part? That was really solid during training camp. I'm surprised he struggled as much as he did. I like Brad. I, I think he'll he'll be on the team to start camp, but he's going to have to win that job because I would be shocked if they didn't have competition for him waiting. Hey, James, I, I will be the first ambidextrous punter on the Bengals this year. I'm just telling you, I can kick with both legs. I'm, I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Can you kick 50 yards? That's all I need. <laughs> Let, let's, yep. let's bring Let's bring up something that I, I see. I'm not on. I don't do the Twitter thing like these guys do, but I'm on the Facebook fan pages. Okay. And there's a big blue Good sky. Idea, there's a big Ooh. blue sky out idea out there that there's a chance that this gentleman comes to Cincinnati. <laughs> what's your What's your thoughts on this craziness? I love it. I, I love it. I love the idea of it. I think for it to be realistic, the Bengals might have to hire me to be GM, which they're not going to do. <laughs> Uh, but but no, I, I love pushing the envelope, and and that that's a way to do that. Now, what will it take? You, you got you would probably have to franchise tag T, give him T eighteen, and next year's one to get to get the conversation started. Yeah. And then you got to pay him, and you got to pay Jamar, and, and obviously you're paying Burrow. By the way, who cares? It's the two top receivers in the league. You do it. But I I just I, I think it's unrealistic. But the dream. You, you know, you never say never. I, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked. But uh, I love that it's become a thing because I remember mentioning that on the road to some of the writers last year, just kind of jokingly on a, on a Saturday night before before the Tampa game. And, and now it's kind of like a, a thing that, that multiple people have thought of and brought up on social media. Uh, Lisa's asking what your gut feeling is about T. Like, obviously, you know, everyone has to sort of say, we want them back. We expect them. We expect them to be back. They're not going to say anything right now. But what's what's your gut feeling? Is he back? He'll be back under yeah. the franchise tag. Now, yeah. I personally, I hate that. I, I I hate it because it's the Jesse Bates mold of what you're doing. Hopefully, they sign him. By the way, I would re-sign T. I would build around Burrow, T, Jamar, and I think you can do that. And and build a winner, especially if you are investing in the trenches early. They've invested at wide receiver early, and they got it right. So pay those guys and now start to find the right trench players to, to help offset it because you had to pay the trenches after that Super Bowl run. Anyways, 
it's a huge conversation. But as far as T goes, if you can't get an extension done, I absolutely think you tag him. It'll be roughly $21.5 million, probably a little more than that, under 22 this year. Do you want to pay him that and then him walk? I I love the Orlando Brown Jr. signing, but adding him meant that you get nothing in return for Jesse Bates. And I get why they kept Bates, and I get why they played him on the tag, all of those things. But I'm not doing that with T now. If you tag him, I would know it going into the combine, which is in late February in Indianapolis, and I would make it known, hey, we're open for business when it comes to T. Higgins. And I would see what I could get. Will Carolina give up the 33rd overall pick? They don't have a first rounder. They have the 33rd pick. They're desperate for weapons. Could you get the 33rd pick and their fourth rounder? You might be able to. They're desperate. And they need a weapon for Bryce Young because right now he is throwing to Bengal Jim and Carolina. So (laughs) I think that's what I would consider doing. Knowing their history, though, I would be shocked if they did that. I think they will tag him. They will try to negotiate a long-term extension if that doesn't work. By that July deadline, that tag extension deadline, then they'll make him play out the 2024 season here in Cincinnati, which, oh, boo-hoo, 20-plus million bucks, and he gets to catch passes from Joe Burrow. Sign me up. Right. <laughs> yeah, but totally. definitely not, they're definitely not going to get rid of the number two and number three receiver in the same damn year. So I, I, I tend to agree with you, James, but it would be interesting to see what happens with T. Now, uh, what, what, what's interesting about it, too, let's say they tag, they tag T – they don't consider trading him, but then in the draft, I don't know, neighbors from LSU falls to 18 for whatever reason. Won't happen. It doesn't happen in mocks, but I'm just – he's clearly the, the top player on their board, so they take him. Well, then they could be open for business. It, it could change things, and I, I think they were kind of that way with Jonah Williams last year. If they had gotten a tackle like an Anton Harrison in round one, which they were open to, then I think they ultimately trade Jonah then. And, and obviously that didn't happen, and so they keep John. And I think that's what could happen with T. Tony had a question for you, James. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of uh, questions, comments, rumors around Browning, and uh, do we see him? Because he's obviously proved himself um, that he could be a, a, a quarterback somewhere. Do we see the Bengals utilizing that in some type of uh, potential trade movement or anything? Hey, if, if Atlanta wants to give you a top 10 pick for Jake Browning, you <laughs> now I, I think I, I think what he would be worth is a day three pick. And, and a lot of that has to do with his value. Like, let's say you get a fifth rounder for him and the Bengals would say, ah, we would just rather have Jake Browning with our quarterback coming off of an injury. Have someone that if he does, if bro does get nicked up for three weeks. He can keep you afloat, and he's confident that he can do that, and you know he can do that now. They didn't know that early in the season when Burrow was battling through that calf. They had no clue what Browning was going to be, and and they thought they knew what he could be, but he hadn't done it. And so now they know that, and there's value, and he's going to make $915,000 next year, which is a great value, one of the better bargains for a backup quarterback in the league. And so I I think he will be in Cincinnati being – Joe Burrow's backup, and uh, I would be shocked if Mike Brown signed off on any type of deal for anything short of something outrageous that no other team would offer. James, if yeah. if, if if you think they knew that, do you think Burrow played those games? I, I still do, because I I don't think that going into week one, right. they were aware that it was going to be like that. I think they thought he was pretty close to 
100%. Maybe not 100, but close to it. And then you get out there, the rain's weird, and it's just a, a weird game, obviously, awful matchup. We've talked about how the Browns match up with the Bengals, and it's just awful. And so they're like, okay, let's let's figure it out here in ba- against Baltimore. And they got close before he retweaked it. And he tweaks it at the end of the game. And and that's when it's like, all right, you're 0-2. Is that when you go to Jake Browning to start Monday night football? Even if they did know. Right. And, and instead they throw it, what, 50 times with Burrow, and <laughs> which I was shocked by. And and it works. They win the game. So no, I, I think I think it would have played out the same way. But it would be nice to have that because then maybe two weeks prior to the regular season, you're like, hey, we're going to give Joe another two weeks. Then you you can make that call versus the week of. Because I think they thought going into that Cleveland game that Joe was pretty close to 100%. Interesting. So Jamie, Jamie asked that question because he just wants to make sure uh, Jake Browning's girlfriend's back for next year, the the whole season. So, man. uh, it, it, um, it, it is wild. It, it is wild. <laughs> you know, she, she's been shown every game, but suddenly this week she got more attention than normal. I don't know why. Yep, no doubt. A uh, couple quick things. I think, Tom, you had one more? Yeah. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the tight end position, wide receiver, you know, keeping Joe safe, building that fortress of solitude for him, and the running game. But how much does his passing game improve? Because he really didn't get a chance – to play with Chase Brown this year. How much fun do you think he'll have with him next year over 17 games? Yeah, I think that's a huge element. And I, I think that running back room, much like much like the tight end room, and they could bring back Mixon and Chase Brown, there will be another face in there. And, and Brown can be the, the explosive back, but it, it would be nice to have another option and another element. And, and we'll see if they can do that. But I, I think Joe's going to love playing. With with guys that can be explosive out of the backfield, and um, I'm not sure. I think there's some uncertainty in that room about what happens. You know, I, I, with yeah, with Nixon, his contract, the cap hit, all of those things. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, go ahead. No, that's a great segue. The one player that we haven't talked about is is Joe Mixon. Yeah. Where yeah. where where do we see him going? I think. He's obviously the Tyler Boyd era, and, and, and it, it was interesting. You know, Joe talked with Elise Jesse after the game and just discussing for us and, and discussing all of these different things, his, his thoughts about Boyd and his thoughts about their time together and, and, and how much it means and, and, and what the season meant and all of those things. And you, you look up and, and you do wonder, because I just said pay defensive tackle, talk about premium picks in the trenches and, and, and assets in the trenches. I wonder if you try to get cheaper at running back. And that's that's a question that's just, it's going to happen. You know, he's going into the last year of his deal. I know he took a pay cut. It's still like an $8 million cap hit. I do wonder. I don't know what they'll do, but there is an out in his contract for a reason. They put that there for a reason. And so uh, I, I, I think that that is a question that might not get answered right away, much like last year. But I know they were in on running back in the draft. Obviously, they took one with Chase Brown and he showed flashes towards the end of last season. I, I think that they'll add another running back in free agency and or the draft, maybe two, who knows? Uh, I think that's really dependent on Joe Mixon, but I do think that that room, the Chris Evans is of the world. It, it's going to evolve a bit and we're going to see some new faces in there for sure. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll go ahead and close it out here. I guess we can't really, we've hit every damn position group here tonight, James. So we appreciate your time, buddy. It means a lot. Um, 
Let, let's talk about Joe Burrow just for a second uh, before we get you out of here. Uh, you know, it, it's you know, what are you hearing um, inside the stadium? There seems like things are progressing. I, obviously, it's way early, but uh, they're projecting him. What I think it was like three or four weeks until we can start until we can start doing some uh, throwing a ball around. I guess it's three or four months. I think I heard. Yeah, uh, so OTAs. The OTAs are his goal. It's to start throwing, and I think this is one of those things where you are – there's a blessing and a curse. The curse is it's a pretty darn serious wrist injury that he suffered, and it's going to take time. The blessing is you have the time. You don't need to rush. Training camp isn't in, in March. You don't need him to be throwing 60 yards downfield in April. It doesn't matter. You might draft Brock Bowers and you might land this, this awesome receiver out of Washington who just declared today. And I'm not talking about um, the, the the top guy, number one. I'm talking about the the other guy. You might add all these weapons, but he doesn't need to throw it to him until camp. And, and how gotcha. do you get Joe Burrow 100% for camp? I think that's got to be their goal. So, uh, no, I, I think he'll he'll make a full recovery for sure. Good, good. Look, uh, one thing for sure, everybody that's watching right now live, uh, it is definitely going to be a fun and interesting offseason here. Free agency, draft, uh, Joe Burrow's rehab, uh, what they do with T and Boyd. And so very uh, – it's going to be – it's football's 12 months a year now, guys, so we love watching it, and uh, we'll be there kind of keeping an eye on it and following you, James, as you kind of report out on things. So before you get off here, man, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on your social media platforms and your pod and everything else you're doing. Uh, I just got Ryan asked uh, which Power Ranger is my favorite. It's the Green Power Ranger is my favorite. I can't get the Green Ranger helmet because it costs like $500 because it's sold out everywhere. Anyways, you could get me at uh, allbengals.com, the Locked on Bengals podcast, Cincinnati Bengals talk on YouTube. Uh, I've seen a bunch of comments about Enter the Jungle. I certainly appreciate that. The book that's out right here above my shoulder uh, that you can get at cincinnatibengalsbook.com. But I will say this, fellas. I, I appreciate you guys always having me on and all the kind words. This offseason is so huge for this Bengals team in this franchise as they build around Joe Burrow and finding the right pieces to plug around him. And so who I, I think that, that there won't be many rest days this off season. I think this is going to be very much a, how do, does Duke Tobin, Mike Brown, Katie Blackburn and company uh, build a, a Super Bowl champion around Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah, we got it, man. Hey, it means a lot. You being with us, James, it really does a lot of insight. One of the best follows on social media. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, have a great rest of the year, man. We'll be talking again. Sounds good. Thanks, folks. Thanks, appreciate James. it. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. Man, we hit every damn position group with James. Man, he killed it. Killed it. The president asked about the concession stand management of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, that's a good question. Thanks, we could have some stuff about it. You know, and he's Craig. so objective. He can he can see. I mean, he'll, when it's bad, he'll shoot it straight. When it's bad, but uh, he doesn't take any any pleasure in anything going wrong. And if there are things going right, he's happy to point out. He's he's a true breath of fresh air. Yep, Tom, you've got an admirer. Usually, we have Jamie admirers on here. Tonight, we have Tom admirers. You're looking incredible tonight. I don't know if Jordan's wow. a guy or a girl, but you're looking incredible. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually logged in as Jordan on YouTube right now, so. <laughs> Uh, real quick, we're gonna pull. We're gonna pull uh, Craig on here just a minute. Uh, I just want to hit a couple things before we pull Craig on. And talk about some diff, some charity announcement we're getting ready to make uh, in the chat area right now. I did put a uh, a link in there for everybody. 
Guys, it is uh, – oh, that was the wrong picture, Tony. My bad. Uh, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> uh, Tony is uh, obviously fan of the year for the Cincinnati Bengals 2023, but he is also uh, – this year they're doing something different. You can vote uh, for Tony. So the, the fan of the year will be voted on of the NFL – of all 32 NFL fans of the year are being voted on. The link is in, in the chat area. Click on there. I know I've voted multiple times myself. Keep voting. Um, I know we just, uh, you know, Ted Karras had 2.4 million uh, votes uh, for the Walter Payton Man of the Year ch uh, Charity Challenge, won $35,000 for his charity. Uh, Tony needs 2.4 million votes uh, for NFL Fan of the Year. So make sure you click the link in the chat area and vote real quick and, and, and do that for you for him and then uh one other thing before we get to uh boy messed that up sorry I'm trying to do this quicker quickly uh the other thing uh one of the other charity things we're doing is foco approached us probably late august early september they partnered with us all year as you know we've been giving away a lot of foco items at the tailgate and on the pod uh but they did a, a, a bobblehead guys i didn't ask them to do a bobblehead of me i promise you that um Basically, well, they said Jamie's head wasn't going to fit on it. That's why they had to do yours, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did this bobblehead, and, and basically 100% of the proceeds, uh, the money that they were going to give to us, uh, we're, we're funneling right to the Ken Anderson Alliance, which is about $10 a bobblehead uh, that, that will go directly to the Ken Anderson Alliance. There's only 224 of these bobbleheads. We're almost at 85 or 90 sold in like four and a half days. So it's just crazy. Uh it, I mean, I'm not the face painter and the, the crazy hat guy, and um, you would think that would be a better choice for the first one, but they're kind of using that as kind of a guinea pig and kind of, you know, we're pushing to make sure we get Tony one next year too. That would be fun. So um, make sure you buy a bobblehead if you can. Um, they wanted to get that out before Christmas, but we didn't, they didn't get started on that piece of it until a little bit later uh, in the year. But 10% uh, goes to the Ken Anderson Alliance uh, for those bobbleheads. Um, let's go ahead, and, James, let's go ahead and bring on Craig and uh, – James, I'll let you kind of kick off the next the this conversation if you're all right with that. Sure, more than happy to. As everyone knows, Craig is our um, a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, <laughs> you'll see him at a lot of the uh, the home games. He is known as Beer Fest. He, he Craig, deserves a but, full uh, screen. Here. He deserves a okay. full screen. Okay, full screen. <laughs> but um, it's very it's interesting. Wide screen. Thank you for not saying wide screen. That I need a wide screen. We're just going to let Craig do his own introduction here. Anyways, uh, the Turner and Prime that's uh, not on the show, but uh, does so much behind the scenes. And uh, we wanted to bring him on tonight here as we wrapped up the 2023 season with a couple big announcements. Um, Craig's instrumental, um, as we said, with not only tailgate stuff, but a lot of other stuff. And is a huge part of the money raised, um, not only the home tailgates, but the away tailgates. So, it was only fitting that he comes on here for the season finale of 2023. And we talk about um, the revenue raised from both home and away tailgates. So without further ado, Craig, take it away. Me take it away? You take <laughs> it away. Let's see. We've got the graphic that we showed earlier. In the okay. show that we're pop up. Well, I mean, I had a wonderful time at all the away tailgates. I hope everyone else did and home and away. And the home ones were incredible this year and our partnership with the with Smale Park made it even better this year, I think. I think we can all agree on that. Um, getting that amount of space to be able to include the trucks and Skyline and Donato's and all the different uh, 
Bengal alum boost, I think, really added to the whole thing. Uh, and I think we'll just grow into that more next year. And the away tailgates were just something uh, totally different there. We went to a totally different level this year. So pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, $25,000. And I think that was 10 different charities uh, that we looked at. We all uh, came up with a, a charity, a, a few charities that really meant something to us individually. And uh, twenty. this is the biggest one-time donation at one time we've ever done, guys. Uh, we've done a lot of different donations over the year. Uh, but that is just uh, an amazing list of uh, absolutely amazing uh, charities and, and nonprofits that help out, uh, not just locally, but I think we have a couple that are kind of regionally um, in there as well. But, Craig, I mean, you said it, man. These tailgates have have really taken off, not just locally with SML Park and the partnership with, with uh, the Park District. But, man, uh, the Nashville tailgate, the Arizona tailgate, the uh, uh, the – the Jacksonville take it just phenomenal. Talk a little about a few of those. Some of these, some folks didn't get a chance to get out there. That when you can bring, we apparently can draw 1,500 people to an away tailgate now. And the, the, the team representatives, because we had to work with the team, Jacksonville, down in Jacksonville, to get that unbelievable venue on the waterfront there. And they said they've never seen any team do anything close to this in terms of the size of an event that we were able to put together down there in a different state is just phenomenal. And I, I it's kudos to everybody and uh, everybody that's listens and, and just the, the community we built to pay attention to this channel as to what's going to go on at the away games at the big tailgates. So uh, just an amazing thing. And I think people need to understand just how unique this is in the league. Craig, it looks like your bourbon cup is levitating right now. I was, just, I was about to ask. It has a little indention on the bottom, so it can sit right on my kneecap. Oh, okay. Well, it looked like a magic trick there. That was, uh, that was like a magic impressive. trick. Oh, man. But uh, you, you, you oh, make the it. nail on the head. I mean, we went through, we're talking about the away tailgate, and literally a church trusted us with, with the property in in phoenix we had a um a, a gentleman that was overwhelmed in in nashville I'd never seen anything like it he was prepared he's gracious um and then we look at jacksonville and pumping water out all morning of that tailgate um because the monsoons that they had um, two to three days prior so you know it certainly was a, a team effort to to pull all those off but again it's a reputation um yes it's the amount of people but we go in there, we you know we don't trash the place, we don't destroy the place. Everybody has a good time. It's not only Bengals fans. There's a there's a mix in of of opposing fans. We saw that at home for for Indianapolis. We we see it on the road everywhere we go too. It's not um, and opposing it's fans are there as well. And it's affordable at thirty five bucks instead of some that are charging a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> True story. True story. Hey, one, one thing I would like to just bring up is like. You know, I got so many comments as we traveled to all these tailgates and uh, and help uh, put these all together is the, the fans, you know, our fan base travels well anyway. But those that can't travel, they see us on social media and they follow us and they see our tailgates and what we do. Uh, they are so uh, pleased to be able to have one closer to them that they can come and have that experience. So it's it's awesome to be able to, to put this on as a group. And 
and let everyone have an opportunity to, to do what we do and to share what we like to do. And it, it's awesome. So, um, you did an awesome job with Jacksonville. That was all you, brother. And, um, you know, there were so many accolades for you and what you did there. So I appreciate it. Yeah. There, there were people at the Arizona one, a lot of people from like Washington State. So the whole West Coast people that can't come to Cincinnati made the trip to Arizona. There was a lot of people from the West Coast that live out there. And, and it's so going to continue next year. This isn't uh, this isn't a, a signing off and saying, hey, this was the last year. This is going to continue uh, next year. Obviously, we know the cities that we're going to be traveling to. We don't know the date. So logistically, we'll make it all work as we plan ahead. So this is going to continue um, again, whether it's Kick bringing the, the music down, whether it's it's Craig organizing the um, the drinks, whether it's the charities that we get involved from the local places. Uh, so much goes into it. And, and again, it's going to continue. And as much fun as we have and, and Lottie every Sunday for the home games, the away games are, are fun as well. And, and that's going to continue, as Tony said, for those that um, can't make it to Cincy and we're going to their backyard to bring the Bengals party to them. Go ahead, Jimmy. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, no, no, man. I just, uh, guys, look, man, I, I, I just, I sit back and I see the work that gets put into this. Uh, James, Craig, Tony, uh, all of us, man, the amount of work that goes into this, people have cannot comprehend. But what I love about our, our mentality, it's, hey, we do it for you guys. We love watching people come together, having fun, enjoying each other. And I love, it's a family-friendly atmosphere on the road and at home. I've never seen more kids at tailgates in my life than what you see uh, when we bring this stuff to the table. I mean, we had, we had a we dance off down in Jacksonville. We had, I, I don't know, 12 to 15 kids um, under 15 years of age come up and do, do the dance off. There was a lot of kids who couldn't, didn't want to come up. They were shy to do it. But that's not something you see. It's not a bunch of dudes drinking, you know, hammering a bunch of beers, getting pounded, right? It's a lot of families, a lot of kids. I love that. I think the NFL loves it. And I know the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely love that atmosphere. So it's good stuff. Um, so – the tailgate's been awesome. And again, none of this happens without you guys being part of this. And we appreciate you guys being part of every minute of everything we do. It's just fun to watch, fun to see. Uh, the other thing, I think we want to go ahead and make this announcement. So we did the 25000 This is our uh, the money that we had in the, the kitty uh, after the season was over with. We took a big, big, giant chunk of that. This $25,000 is going to these 10 foundations, these nonprofits, these 501c3s. Um, and that's all because of you guys. So thank you very much. Uh, that is the biggest one-time donation we've ever done. I think the biggest one beyond that, uh, shoot, I don't even know, maybe 10 grand. Uh, might have been the other one, James, somewhere around there, Tony. I don't know. Um, but let's let's talk about our – We're not the podcast is not done. This is our season-ending podcast. We'll have some stuff going on in March and draft and free agency. Uh, uh, Tom's going to talk about that just here in a minute. But this is the end of our fundraising for the year. Our new season for fundraising starts – today uh call it tomorrow uh but tony give an update with that twenty five thousand dollars and the, the money that was raised uh for uh, at the right. tailgate sunday for the uh what was i'm sorry the first first responders the first responders give give the total i'll let you kind of do the intro this is last year we did about 132 and what was our number what did we find out wind up with this year tony so we had a goal of 150k this year. It was it was a pretty hefty goal we thought when we first started off this year. But um, with our tailgate for the tri-state peer group, 
uh, which earned just a little bit over um, you know 700 bucks, 800 dollars, and then with the 25,000 um, that this group is uh, with the tailgates and everything that you guys help fund, uh, I'm glad and it's just a blessing, and it actually brings tears to my eyes to to, to say that we are at over 160,000 k wow. um, this year. So. Uh, thank you, Houday Nation. Thank you to the people on the screen. Uh, just thank you, everyone, because, um, you know, we, we thought we wouldn't get to 150, and here we are. We we killed it by 11 grand. So, you know, I'm kind of excited to have our conversations here at our end, uh, end of our financial uh, talks that we're going to be having here over the next couple of weeks and uh, setting that new goal for us for next year. So, you know, I'm thinking 175 or 200 might be our goal, but we'll talk about that. But uh, again, just thank you, everyone. It's It's just freaking amazing. You guys, you guys do realize that's like a million dollars Canadian, right? Yeah, speaking of that, we did have some Brantford folks at the tailgate Sunday that uh, and you we're took looking good care of You took good care of them. I appreciate One was a Browns fan, but we were even nice to him as well. But uh, yeah, incredible numbers, 160,000. As Tony said, our, our goal was 150 just simply shattered that and that's again through the um, generosity of Bengals fans from from all over the globe whether it's a duck race whether it's extending a tailgate whether it's a raffle whether it's jungle to the hall which we'll talk more about um, all that totaled up from from the money raised goes to charities and excited to announce that number Jimmy hey, I, I wanted to add the uh, I wanted to add the eight donors to the give butter campaign that really got the season started for us. Uh, especially when we took on Smale and that big expense. Um, just want to read through their names real quick. I'm sorry I don't have uh, the exact thing of what your company name was, but we're, we're going to do something postseason here that's going to honor all these people. But uh, Tanner McFall, uh, Victor Lawwell, Paul Flynn, John Strouser, April Fleming, Jacob Walker, Peter Mengel, and Angela Roth were all $1,000 donors to the Give Butter campaign at the beginning of the season. Yeah, cool. uh, and that was that was huge because without that, guys, there was a huge expense for the Smale Park. Without right. that, we couldn't have been able to pull this off. But that, that was huge uh, getting us going on here. The, the I, thing I, I want to question be real quick for you guys for next year, Jimmy. You said next year starts tomorrow, or I guess in a couple hours. You know, Craig, Jimmy, Tony, James, what's the goal for next year? Throw out a figure now. No, it's a hundred thousand. It's a hundred thousand. We can exceed it as many times as much as we want. Tom, quit putting put, put pressure on us, damn it. <laughs> 175. Only a 20% increase this Thank year. You, Tony. You know what? Thank you, Tony. Tony, Tony I like, I like 175. That's a good. Yeah. Here we go, 175. Here's the thing you have to remember, yeah. guys. We're going, we're going further next year. Further means more tailgates. More tailgates means more money. 175. Right. We, we need to get more Just over knows. I, I can spend just so knows, I can spit this number out because I don't do any of this stuff. <laughs> so, so that's why I asked him. 175. Go big uh, or go home. Playoff but games you know, last year. I mean, so yeah, that's a, that would have been a big a big booster to this too. Sure. So, 100%. you know, some of it is how far we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I want to hit on again here. This hundred and sixty thousand dollars is directly from you through the tailgates, through our duck races, through the podcast. So this is a huge number, but but can you imagine all the other stuff that Houday Nation is doing as well? I mean, uh, the thirty five thousand that was just for Ted Karras, the uh, the charity stuff there. So 
this is just all stuff to tied to the pod, our social media platform, and the tailgate. So uh, I'm going to tell you right now, four players, James, Jamie, Tony, me, Tom, and Craig, and Mark, we make $0, not a damn penny uh, on this. And that's what I love uh, about what we're doing here. Uh, so awesome. We appreciate is everybody's there, help. Is, is it possible to give Tom his own award this week for asking that question right now? <laughs> <laughs> for the first time ever, can we give him his yeah. own award? Tom, talk about you being the asshole of the week. Let's go. Make it so. Well, for, for pushing charity in 2024, I accept this week and I'll have to throw myself into the ring for the whole of the year, you know. But uh, I would like to again applaud Tony for having the stones to uh, to go ahead and throw out a figure and a goal to help all those charities next year. You know, Craig put this up every time Tom talks. And Jimmy, Jimmy got militants. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. So, you know, I love the, what we I love found the, out tonight is Jimmy can't lead charity anymore, and he can't punt. So I love the one hundred percent grade A natural ingredients. <laughs> All natural ingredients. Let's thank our I big sponsors Skyline, Betfred, Donato. Yes. Hell, I think we even have some other logos. I want to, first of all, say uh, in the upper right-hand corner at your view, I'd like to say thank you to Skyline Chili. Uh, they served uh, over 10,000 conies, left-hand, wherever, 10,000 conies at the tailgate this year. Uh, that's just a massive amount of conies. Uh, Donato's Pizza, man, what a really fun company to work with. They were outstanding this year. Uh, obviously, 16 lots. <laughs> Our Vanna White up in the upper quarter of your screen. Uh, it was awesome. And Beer Fest, Craig, and, and Beer Fest, absolutely amazing to work with. And I'll tell you what, the sound system has been amazing, all because of Cincinnati Music Accelerator. Uh, we Hold can't on. forget let's about Jamie. Let's put Jamie big screen here. Hold on. Hold on here. Yeah, We're going to put Jamie Go ahead, big Vanna. screen. If he's going to Vanna White. No, it's Craig. Think about the improvement of 10,000 Skyline Conies. Think about the improvement of 10,000 free Skyline Conies over Jimmy cooking up some Gordon food service hot dogs and bringing them down. Uh, everything bagel, everything bagel, bagel. Late in the year, Big B Coffee joined us. Guys, it was so fun. And I appreciate everybody going up to all these partners this year at the tailgate and thanking them the last game of the year this past Sunday. Uh, I had every one of those guys, uh, every one of those viewers come up, those partners come up and, and say, we appreciate it. We had such a fun time being here. Even I uh, know that game Sunday, what I really loved about Sunday, it was cold, it was rainy, it was snowy. The game had no implications whatsoever. 65,000 plus, and the tailgate was packed. Um, and uh, you, you love seeing that. And Craig, you you went you went through all your uh, margaritas, I think, right? Yeah, we cleaned out on the margaritas. And uh, I just remember Big B Coffee, too. We did throw them a thank you, too, because that certainly, when it, once it got cold, they were key. Yep, yep. And... We got to we got to mention one more thing here before we get to the two minute warning, uh, guys. We uh, Tony was ruler of the jungle uh, this past Sunday, and myself, Dell, Craig, and James presented Tony uh, a forty ounce of Patron with a straw, and uh, <laughs> Tony's favorite tequila, Patron. Craig went and picked that up. Uh, that one's but, for the kids. Yeah, everything else yeah. got Tony's for the kids. That one's not for the kids. That's that's for Tony when he Friday night Saturday night sitting at home, but but uh, 
I tell you what, it, it's, it's been fun at the tailgates. Tony's Tickets for Kids was a huge success. Again, got even bigger. And then to watch Tony up on stage, uh, I just got a kick out of the whole damn thing, man. He, he killed it up there on stage for the uh, Ruler of the Jungle. He even pointed out with the staff, if you saw it, Tom, with his right hand, he pointed to you in the uh, north end zone. Acknowledging the north end zone. Sam Hubbard's favorite end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's wait, that wasn't the, wait, that wasn't the Jake Browning's girlfriend you were pointing to, Tony? <laughs> it, it was not. It was not. No, it was definitely yeah. for Tom. All the I way. was impressed he did it for four minutes, his stamina of screaming who day for four minutes of that song. It was really impressive. Yeah, it was it was drop this guy. So this guy's there to help coach me, right? To tell me to keep going. And I'm I'm winded, you know, like you said, three three minutes into it, I'm dying. And he just keeps on telling me to scream and and hype it up but it was a lot of fun it was, uh, it was a great honor to do that and um yeah it was, it was really enjoyable something i'll never house too yeah right it was crack right all right last thing before we get to the two minute warning time we're going to talk about hey this is our final season episode weekly episode kind of talk about our our, our uh, plans here move forward for the rest of the year until the season starts again yes yeah, we go into the off season like uh, jimmy said the Bengals season is over so we're going to wrap it up tonight uh, but please still follow any of us on social media, and we'll be staying in touch. Uh, one key thing that we'll be following, and you never know, we may even pop in with a special show. Uh, Willie Anderson is a semifinalist again for the Hall of Fame. Now, we all know he should have been in there long ago. So I think there'll be a vote in about a week for him to become uh, a finalist, where his case will be made to all the voters. It'll be another step forward to him, but that's not enough. He needs to go in. So if you're out on social media, you know, give him a mention. We just saw the the incredible outpouring of support for Ted Karras, who became the Walter Payton Man of the Year today. Um, let's let's see that same kind of effort and support of Willie in coming weeks. But yeah, we'll be off for a little while. We will be back Sunday. We'll transition from Tuesdays to Sundays. Sunday night, March 10th. And that's a good day because the league season starts, I believe, the 13th, but legal tampering for free agency on the 11th. So we'll be on on the 10th with uh, either one or more good guests to forecast the Bengals in free agency, who they might be going after, who they might be staying away from, and what they've done with the franchise tag. So come back to us March 10th. We'll be with you every Sunday night through the draft into May. Uh, I think with the exception of Easter. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. Yeah, appreciate it. So let's uh, got to go here, pull out a two minute warning here. I'm going to don't know which way to go here. Anything else before we get to two minute warning, James? No, that's perfect. Pick, uh, pick the right one here to end the year. James. I, I, would go with, I would go with Carrie. Uh, <laughs> we've done Carrie twice, but let's do it again. Uh, God bless this woman for putting up with Tony the Tiger. <laughs> here's our two minute warning. Uh, let's kick it off, uh, and, and, Craig. And, and apparently, uh, Carrie's go mom ahead. was a big fan of the uh, margaritas. So uh, she, go ahead. Yes, yeah, she was. <laughs> Boy, did we get through a lot of margaritas. I think about 100, 120 gallons this year, something like that. It's crazy. Jeez. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to rest. Not really. I've got four beer fests starting next weekend. Cincinnati Beer Fest, February 2nd and 3rd. We're going to set the whole tailgate thing up, so I hope to see people there. And one quick thing, Craig. So everybody should be follow, should 
over the next day or two, keep an eye on Cincy Beer Fest social media platforms uh, because there's going to be some very special giveaways uh, going on that I promise you, you're not going to want to miss and hopefully you uh, you can be part of. So keep an eye on Cincy Beer Fest social media platforms. Uh, let's go with Jamie. Yeah, um, disappointed with the outcome of the season, but uh, always fun to be here with you guys. Looking forward to coming back for next season. And um, it, it sucks when your team's out, but I, I still love football. Still want to watch the game. So I'm I'm picking to cheer for the rest of the way. I'm going – I'm pulling for the Texans, and I'm pulling for the Lions. I hey, love to see the Lions. I'd love to see the Lions get one. Um, similar fan bases, you know, blue-collar guys. Not a lot of success now. All of a sudden, you know, they're starting to see see some success with the team. And uh, I love the coach personally. I think the guy's got biggest balls in the league. So I just think it'd be great to see them win. And just honestly to see somebody else win. You know, anybody but Mahomes. I definitely do not want to see anyone in our division win. And uh, – so yeah, as, as salty as it is, I'm cheering against everyone in the AFC. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Te- Texans-Lions will be great. Be hey, fun. Jamie and I agree on a whole lot of stuff. But let me tell you something. We're on exactly the same page with that right there, his comment. I'm with you, Jamie. What do you, what do you mean? We agree on a lot of stuff. I'm just saying there's things we don't agree on. But that right there, we 100% we're on the same page. Oh, it's good stuff. Right. Honey. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I'm right there with you, Jamie. I am pulling for my, the Detroit Lions. We've got to stay in the cat family. That's how I kind of look at it. So uh, rooting for them. I uh, want to say thank you to everyone who has supported me in uh, the fan of the year this year. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope I can uh, uh, represent you guys very well. Uh, my fun continues. Um, I'm going to the Super Bowl. Thanks for being fan of the year, and um, I'm looking forward to that, even though our team will not be there. I will do my best to have some fun in Vegas. Anyway, um, I want to say congrats again to uh, our boy at Cincy, um, Ted Karras. And if you guys uh, followed me, um, I made a commitment to Teddy. I actually talked to him uh, uh, last week, and um, you know, I said I would get a Cincy tattoo, which I did that this afternoon once it was announced. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to to have that tattoo on me and uh, and represent what the Cincy does and what Where they. Where is it? Where uh, is it? It's right here. You can't see it. It's covered up. But um, I, did I, just, I was wondering if it was a tramp stamp or not. <laughs> it is not. It is not a tramp stamp. Hashtag hashtag that for today's show. Tramp stamp. Yeah. That's right. I, I, there's some people on uh, social media that were actually uh, talking about tramp stamps. So who, who knows? But uh, uh, again, appreciate everybody. And uh, uh, thank you, guys. I'm looking forward to next year. Who day? Tom? <laughs> uh, I got to follow that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, a big thank you to everybody, uh, everybody who tunes in. Uh, it's you guys, the viewers. We don't have this. Uh, actually, we do have this because we all talk all the time anyway. But uh, you guys make it special. And there are so many ways. You can spend your time following uh, the Bengals to carve out a little time to hang out with us once a week. Truly, truly means a lot. So we'll be looking forward uh, to everybody in the off season. Everybody stay healthy. We'll see you March 10th. And as for who I'm rooting for, I am rooting for whoever is playing the Steelers, the Browns, or the Ravens and their asshole coach. James? 
You're still one asshole of the week, Tom. But anyways, I really thought we were going to go out with a bang this week. I thought Jamie was going to show up in his goat milk uh, bath. I thought uh, Craig was going to be in the hot tub. But uh, we apparently went the uh, the G-rated route here for the uh, season finale. Remember um, how Jimmy and I don't, don't agree on back in 20 minutes. That that was one of the things Jimmy and I didn't agree on was me in the back. I, I didn't I didn't want I didn't want that to happen, James. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It would have got the ratings. I mean, you just simply shows with, with no uh, sleeves on and the ratings go through the roof. But I digress. Uh, congratulations to Byron, who won the Bengal Gym Fantasy Football League. Jimmy once again finished in, in dead last. I think he beat – maybe I think he beat Jamie this year for, like, the one win that he, uh, that he had. So congratulations. We won't talk about Tony's team since he's a fan of the year. But uh, another fun uh, thing we did, we'll do it again next year. Mon was the champion. Uh, last season, Byron this year, so congratulations to him, and look forward to uh, to next year. I think as, as much as we need a break, uh, we'll kind of sit back and revamp like the team's going to do. Go over what uh, went good this year, what went bad, what we can improve on, and um, look forward to a lot of new and exciting things. And as always, uh, you know, we're an open book. If you have a suggestion, if you have an idea, whether it's for the tailgate or for the show, Shoot us a message and um, let us know. We appreciate your input. We appreciate you, um, whether you're local or far away, we uh, appreciate you tuning in or, or showing up at a tailgate and, and saying hi. So look forward to next year. Look forward to the off season. And uh, Jimmy, go ahead and end it. Yeah, this is for Craig. I, you know, I am not a fan of, uh, you know, I, of, of a lot of these teams, but you do got to congratulate Michigan, University of Michigan. On their Why? national championship what game happened last night. To you, Jimmy? What happened? Did you take some? Ann Arbor gym. Something? Where is this sellout? What? The game wasn't even close. I am it talking wasn't... to Sam Hubbard about you. I am going to talk. <laughs> it wasn't even close. I didn't say I'd like them. Just congratulating the well, Michigan like Wolverines. You like cheaters? I don't know. You Jamie, Jamie, you don't even. Jamie doesn't hey. even watch college football. You can't even talk. I watched last few weeks. I watched last night. It wasn't even close. Okay, look hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, if they take that national championship trophy away from them, are you going to rescind those comments? Yeah. I, look, it is they, they. They won a national championship. Craig is. Beat red he right now. He's pissed as hell at me. I'll get a text later cussing me out, but uh but congratulations to Michigan. But anyway. Ann Arbor Jim. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a jersey made with that next year. Oh, uh look, we're not done here. We still got uh Jungle to the Hall four coming up here at some point. We're working on details of that now. We got the draft, we got free agency, we got a lot of off-season activity, we got Hall of Fame discussion with Willie Anderson. The vote uh, we think is supposed to happen to get from 15 down to 10 on January 16th, uh, and then closer to the Super Bowl, they get down to their final five uh, that 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 they're going to push into the into the Hall of Fame. Um, guys, it has been another pleasure. I you know working with everybody down at the tailgate, meeting everybody, having fun pregame, um, fun down at the you know down at the tailgate prior to going in the stadium, home and away. Uh, we've got we have our away schedule already out. We're just waiting for those dates to come out, and we'll lock up some stuff uh, for the away games as well. But we appreciate everybody tuning in all year. Uh, the numbers keep going through the roof, and it's because of you guys watching a bunch of idiots on the screen here having fun with you guys. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us. Thank you so much. Uh, it really means a lot. You guys tuning in. We love you guys. Who day, everybody? Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day?